And now it's time for The Insiders with Chuck Kuala and Scott Jensen, sponsored by the Wisconsin Counties Association and Michael Best Strategies. Hi, I'm Chuck Kuala, former Senate Majority Leader. And I'm Scott Jensen, former Assembly Speaker. We're The Insiders. Well, Scott, very interesting Supreme Court race. The plot thickens. Well, give me your take on it. Well, you've now had the entrance of Jennifer Doro into the race, a Waukesha County judge uh, who sprang to worldwide fame during the Waukesha uh, parade trial. So she enters the race as the newest candidate, but probably the best known candidate. Um, and that really changes the dynamics here, because I think people all thought that Dan Kelly, the conservative who had served for four years on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, then lost his bid for election, um, was an automatic uh, uh, finalists here, uh, making it through the primary, and one of the two liberal candidates would be facing him in the general election. But this really scrambles things uh, in that the best-known candidate is a, a conservative, Jennifer Doro, and the best-funded candidate is going to be Dan Kelly, who has millions of dollars behind him from independent expenditures that have been promised by um, uh, uh, Dick Eline and others. So I think that in this race, it's possible um, that instead of ending up with a race between a conservative and a liberal in the general election, you could, depending on turnout, end up with two liberals or two conservatives in this race. Um, you know, the election for Supreme Court may be expensive, but it's not likely to prompt huge statewide turnout in a February primary. That's going to be, that's the lowest primary uh, turnout in the four-year cycle. So a lot of the turnout's gonna be shaped by local races, a Madison mayor's race, a Green Bay mayor's race. Those can determine who shows up and votes and could tilt the race either to two conservatives or to two liberals based upon where the hot local races are around the state. So I think this has just gotten very fascinating. And I, I do think there's a, there's, there's a slight chance that the two conservatives end up facing each other in the general election, Doro versus Kelly. There are so many elements, and Scott's identified one that's definitely a possibility of two uh, well-known or well-financed conservatives making it through, and I think Democrats have to face that. And you know, I, we should just probably talk about this as Democrat-Republican, even though uh, they are, they are denomin not denominated as Democrats and Republicans on the ballot. I would say this on the on the progressive or democratic side. I think even though Scott is right that these may be the people on the Republican side who will have the most money or be the best known. I think the most likely candidate to win is uh, probably uh, Janet, and I won't even get her name right, Pro Sawitz out of Milwaukee, who I think really fits what's going to be important in this election. It's going to be a low turnout election. It's going to be people in the suburbs and uh, diehard uh, voters that are out there. What will that do? Let me continue a theme that I raised during the fall election, and that is I think that this election is going to be decided uh, on the issue of abortion because it is now clear, and this is one of the unfortunate things that Republicans have done by partisanizing these races, it's going to be clear who's in favor of defending women's rights to have their freedom of choice. And I think on the Democratic side, even though there's a, there's a male candidate and a female candidate, Clearly, the female candidate will be clearly the person who will be there for the abortion issue. So I think what you're likely to see on the Republican side, I don't know. I think there are real reasons, as Scott pointed out, and I think he's right, 
why either one of them could win the primary. I do think that Protosewicz will win because women will be out voting and they will be voting for a woman on the progressive side who they think will, will champion their rights. I think that's what's going to happen. But again, so many areas to plumb. Scott mentioned local races. Well, guess what the Republicans did? They're much more strategic than Democrats. I don't belong to a Democrat, an organized party. I'm a Democrat. The Republicans said, oh, Alberta, you're leaving. Hey, leave right now because that'll set us up for an April election. And that's one thirty-third of the state or a little more than 3% of the state will be turning out at a higher level because of the Alberta Darling race. The eighth Senate district will be up. What does that do? That hits the suburbs of Milwaukee. That should be Republican territory and probably will be. But I also would say that race will be up and in both in the primary as well as in the general, and that will favor women who are going to support choice and that favorite protothewitz. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic with four people in. It could be two liberals. It could be two conservatives. But I think at the end of the day, if you look to the end game, I think that it's going to be the progressive woman who's going to be in the best position in this race. You know, um, I, I agree with you that in the general election, uh, this race is likely to revolve in part around the subject of abortion. I think it's going to be hard to do that in the February primary where you have um, there'll be more money on the conservative side than there will be on the liberal side. And in the last set of elections, the Democrats spent an extraordinary amount of money, both in the United States Senate race and in the governor's race, making abortion a top issue. I, as I said, one person at my house received 21 pieces of mail from the Democratic Party. 20 of them were about abortion. One was about climate control. She's a young woman perfect audience for, for that message. Um, they can't do that sort of thing in a February primary. Neither of those, of those Democratic candidates have the resources to make that an issue. Unless some third party comes in to make that primary about abortion, that February primary audience will be shaped by local races, but historically is older and more conservative uh, than the April election and the November election audience. So uh, I, I think anything could happen here, but um, uh, I do think the race has been scrambled now, and you have you have at least uh, you have four candidates with a claim on some portion of the vote. Two of these people are going to make it out of there with thirty percent, probably, um, and that that could be any two uh, in the race. And I think it's possible it could be the two conservatives. I do not disagree with Scott on that. I think that's a real danger from the progressive side. There could be more of a, of a possibility of loss for the progressives, for Democrats in the primary, frankly, than there is in the general. However, hear me now again. I believe that this is an informed electorate that shows up, as Scott points out. It's a small, it does tend to be a little bit older, but also it's informed electorate. I think you're going to see the same phenomenon we saw in the fall, and that is campuses will turn out. I think you'll see a much higher turnout on campuses than you would normally see. And you'll also see a bigger turnout of progressive women. And I think a smart candidate or a smart independent group, by the way, would there be somebody out there on choice? Uh, let me see, Planned Parenthood? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a number that are out there. NARAL, I think there's a good chance that they will get involved in this because everyone knows now that the Republicans have made this a partisan body, they know that if they elect the woman here, those rights will be protected. And that's a powerful message. Going to be a fascinating election. Will be. See you See next, you next time. week. You've been listening to The Insiders with Chuck Kuala and Scott Jensen, sponsored by the Wisconsin Counties Association 
and Michael Best Strategies.